0: We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I'm blessed and cannot be cursed. I shall live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My life is getting better after I've heard and done the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our subject for today is Love makes the difference.
1: Good morning, Faith Temple. I will be reading the scriptures for today. I'll be reading from two different versions, from the King James Version and from the Amplified Version. The first scripture today comes from John 13, 34 through 35. And the King James Version reads, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one to another. And the Amplified Version says, I am giving you a new commitment that you love one another, just as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved unselfish concern for one another. The second scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Four through five. And the King James Version reads Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. And the Amplified Version reads Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful, and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag, and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive or easily angered. It does not take account of a wrong endured. And the last scripture from today comes from John three sixteen through 17 and the King James Version reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the Amplified Version reads, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, that he even gave his one and only begotten Son, so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world may be saved through him. May God add a blessing to the hearers, doers, and readers of his word. Amen. Amen.
0: Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you on this morning, God. Lord, we invite you in God, to have your own way, Father God. Lord, we come to you, God, with lifted up hearts, minds, and spirits, God, open to receive God, that which you have to give unto us today, God. Lord, I just thank you for an opportunity to be here, Father God. Be here with everyone, God, reading and learning of your word, God. Use me on today, Father God. Use these lips of clay, Father God, to bring joy God, to bring understanding, God, to your people, God. Lord, you are welcome in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. So again, our subject for today is love makes the difference. Love makes the difference, amen? So we start with our uh, our scripture, John 13, 34 to 35, uh, better known as the love commandment. Loving those, that, uh, loving those people that are lovable as we may see them or that we agree with all the time or that we are partial to, it's easy to love those people. But if you are looking at um, at the Amplified version that um, April just read, that version of the scripture, you will notice that there's not a, a request, that it's not put out as a request or a suggestion, but it says it's a command. And so I like the fact that in the amplified version, the way it has is written is there is a period after the command, leaving no room for misunderstanding of what the command is. It does not leave room for adjustments to be made, such as loving those that love you back or loving those that have good understanding, as we may call it, or are always doing, you know, trying to at least do what's right or those that even don't have a past. No, it simply says, I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another. So the scripture goes on to say, just as I have loved you, so you too, are to love one another. So what Christ is saying is the same way that I have loved you, that's how I want you to love one another. So it did not put stipulations on us to receive his love. So at this time, he's saying, I, I loved you before you loved you. I, I love you before you loved you. I, I love you even when you don't do right, even when you're unfaithful. I love you. And so Christ is encouraging us, commanding us even, to love one another in that same way. So here we, uh, we're we reminded of the love that Jesus first showed us, the love that he continues to show us. Jesus points out the reason behind us loving one another as he has stipulated here. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern one for another. And so by you showing that love, you represent Christ. It's easy to, to say something, but now it's time to walk it out. So I can say that I, I love you. I can say that I love my neighbor. I can say that I love, you know, this person or that person. But until I'm able to walk it out and until I'm pushed to the point where that love may be, may be at jeopardy. When that love may be stretched, may, when I may have to love, when that person may not be so lovable, or just when I don't feel like loving, when I don't feel, can I go past that? Because that's what Jesus had to do. That's what he did. He went past that. He went past what it looked like. He went past what you looked like. He went past what you were doing. He looked past all that, and he loved you anyway. So we say all the time, you know, well, what if I'm, What if I'm the only Bible that someone reads? What if you are the way that someone else is able to see Christ? How do you represent him? Are you a good representative of of Jesus Christ? Do you show that love that he's talking about in this scripture? The show of your love one to another is what introduces the world to Christ. Before we ever say a word, when they see how you interact, when they see there should be something different about you. You should be set apart. You ought to stick out in a crowd. Everyone tries to blend, but our love should make us show up. It should make us stand out. Love is what makes the difference. We can just say that we are disciples of Christ. Our lie. We shouldn't just say it. I lie. should show it. Today, we're talking about showing it through love, which is his commandment. He says, this is how the world will know that you belong to me. This is how they will know that you are my disciples and you love me all by the way you love and show your love and express it one for another. And so we look at how we go from day to day, how we handle people, so to speak, how we interact with people, how we interact even with situations that come up throughout the day. Are we able to stand firm and still show the love of Christ? I'm not saying it won't be a challenge at times, but I'm saying that it can't be done because he would not even make it a commandment had he not, if it were not able to be done. Because he's going to give you the strength to do just what he said. And so he command you to do something and then he gives you the strength and the ability to carry that thing out. But you have to be willing to walk in it. You have to be willing to not say anything when you want to say something. You have to be willing to not let your feelings and emotions overshadow what God has set in front of you to do. Our next scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. And it's talking about love. And so now we're going to talk about what love is in these next couple of scriptures. What is love? So it says love is patient. The Greek word comes from Two words, meaning long-tempered. If you're patient, you're slow to anger. You endure personal wrongs without retaliating. You bear what, what with others' imperfections, faults, and differences. So we're not so quick to point out those those faults of someone else or those imperfections in someone else and not looking at ourselves. Not because when you're while you're pointing the finger at someone else, as they say, there's three more pointing back at you. So the more you point out imperfections and faults in someone else, the more it puts you in the light. Because if I'm pointing at you and talking about all the things you don't do and, and and need to do and all your imperfections and all the differences that you have, while I'm pointing those things out, that means that I'm perfect. I have arrived and I don't have any imperfections. I don't have any faults. And so we know that that is not true. So we have to be more lenient, more enduring, more more long tempered with other people with our brothers and sisters. In the church, we have to be more lenient within our families. We have to be more lenient. We have to be more patient one with another. You give them a chance and room to make mistakes without coming hard on them. So that means that if they mess up, which we all do, if they mess up, if they make a bad choice, you're not immediately pouncing on them and, and bringing them down and all that. You know, what have, what have you done to try to, to help them along the way? And if you've done all that you could physically do, how many hours do you spend praying for them? Yes, I said hours. How long do you spend praying for them? How often do you pray for them? How often do you do that? Have you asked God to, to look inside of you? And to build up something on the inside of you, maybe that would give you more patience with them. Because one thing I do know and I have learned that when you ask for more patience, he'll put you in situations that will cause you to have more patience. And so you can't look at it as in, oh, here we go again, or, one more time, or I can't believe it's still going on. No, he's perfecting that patience on the inside of you. And so you have to take it as a as a stepping stone, as a learning tool, as your way to have more patience. So how many times have you found yourself in situations not showing the love or not, not being impatient with other people or, or uh, pointing out faults? How many f- times have you found yourself not showing love? Well, if you can't answer that, then how many times have you found yourself in need? of that kind of love. You don't have to answer. We all have been there and done that. So we've all been in positions where we've needed love shown. We've needed patience shown with us. Whether we did wrong again knowingly or haphazardly or just did it all, all just off the top of our head, not even thinking. We've all been in a position where we needed patience shown. We've needed love shown in through the way of patience. And so that's why God has said, commanded us to show that kind of love one to another. Next it says love is kind. Kindness is patience in action. The Greek word comes from a word meaning useful. A kind person is disposed to be helpful. Helpful in a sense to where they're willing to help someone else along the way. It seeks no need to look for opportunities to meet the needs without repayment. It doesn't, kindness doesn't, I'm going to do this for you because I know you're going to do that for me. I I help those who are really able to help themselves, and I know that in return, they're going to turn around and help me. When you're kind to someone, you're doing it from your heart. You're doing it from from the love of Christ. You're doing it that 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 other person may be helped. It's not anything that you're doing to, to boost yourself up. Love and kindness is tender and forgiving. When wrong, they're not seeking out a way to get back at that person. The word used to suggest a person who is gentle. So kind is a word used to talk about someone who is gentle, who has an ability to soothe hurt feelings, to calm an upset person, to help quiet a practical situation and be practical in all situations. And so a person that is able to come and bring the peace to a situation. A person that has that tone in their voice and that way of saying things that even when they don't agree, it's not offensive. Even when they're they're seeking understanding of the way you feel, it's not finger pointing. It's not calling you out. It's not putting you on the carpet. A kind person has a way to come and even express how you you may have erred in a way But there is a way that you can get things right. And I called a mind about Jesus at the well with the woman that told her all about herself. And she walked away the better for it. That's how people should feel when they talk to you. When they interact with you. They should walk away better than when they first started talking to you. They should walk away with a knowing that Christ loves them. Even through all they've done Wrong, Christ still loves them. This kind of person shows kindness in response to even harsh treatment. Jesus said, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same thing, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. Kindness motivates others toward positive change. So if you ever try to get someone to to a certain point, you're trying to help them. If you come at them harsh, you're not going to get much. But when you come at them in a positive way, when you're willing to sit down and you're willing to talk with them, you're willing to talk things out and not come as, you know, do you have a path? They have a past and they're wrong. And, you know, there's nothing they can do right. When you come knowing that you have been given much grace and mercy through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you come knowing that we are all but sinners, we are all but filthy rags before God. When you come with that attitude, then you're able to come in a meek and a mild way. You're able to come in a way that allows that person to know, no, I don't have it all together, but I'm willing to join arms and we're willing to walk this thing out together. We're so grateful for Christ who looked beyond our thoughts and saw our needs. And I say it all the time, because that is exactly what he does. He looks beyond our faults because we all have them. But he sees our needs. And so it's not left up to us to say that, oh, I know they need this. But because they, they did whatever they did they did or didn't do, I'm not going to help them. How is that? How, where do we have room to even have that type of attitude? So that's why we have to come with positive positivity. Bringing kindness and positivity to a person. That's good. That's what's going to spark positive change in that person and even in you, because remember, you're also learning patience. So how long will it take? How long will it take? Someone may have said the same thing about you or asked the same question about you. How long will it take for them to get it? But showing love, showing kindness, this is a step toward that positive change. Love is not jealous. The word means to eagerly desire. The word jealousy means to eagerly desire. and It is used in both positive and negative ways in the Bible. Jealousy in the negative sense is related to greed and self selfishness. The jealous person wants what others have. He wants things for himself. He is not too selfish to applaud, uh, uh, he is too selfish to applaud others and to celebrate with them and to, he wants all the attention on him. Look at me, look at me. In the family, a jealous husband refuses to trust his wife. He doesn't want to recognize her abilities and contributions. He is jealous of the time she spends with the children or with friends. He wants all of the attention for himself. James says that jealousy is often the source of quarrels and conflicts. When a person is jealous, they are driven to a point to even believe that what someone else has, it should be theirs. Uh, They should be able to have the same thing that this person has or that person has. Just seeing things and just wanting it just because someone else has it. That is not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is seeing someone with something and rejoicing with them, being glad with them, offering praise up to God about how he has blessed them. And so in a negative sense, that's what jealousy brings out. And then even going as far as to be boisterous about it and brag about it. Love is not proud and is not arrogant. Braggers try to impress others of his great accomplishments in order to make himself Look good, and I know we've all heard the the uh, term before that uh, you have to tear someone else down to build yourself up. There's a problem there. That's what arrogant people do. That's what proud people do. But love isn't trying to build up self. Love is trying to build up others. Love is humble, humble and loving other people. Humble and loving each other whether you feel like they deserve it or not because love is a great gift from God. So he, he's not boastful. He doesn't boast about what he's done. And so we look at Jesus as our, as our, our uh, guide on how to love. And that's exactly what he's done through scripture and through deed. He's shown us day after day, how he's loved us in spite of ourselves. How he has has picked us up, even when we have done wrong. God has been right there. And he is still so very humble. We look at oftentimes, and we do it mostly around Christmas, though, about how he came even into this world. He did not, he chose to come into the world that way. He chose to come in. He could have come in with all the lights and whistles and bells. And we do, we do so much when we have a child born and, and, a, and to our family, we, it's a parade, it's all this big stuff. But when God came into the world, he came in such a meek and humble way. And even what he was coming for, he already knew what he was coming for. But he came in such a meek way. That is the way of God. Being gentle. Being kind, being patient, not being proud and arrogant, but to come in a way that others would feel that the environment is conducive to learning, is conducive to being loved. Being loved and showing love. Love is not rude. Love does not needlessly offend people. Love does not set out of its way to, to offend or take that opportunity to give you a piece of my mind. Love is not, the, it's not what it, it takes to, to just hurt someone else in the name of love. Saying that I love you, but showing you something totally different. Love has good manners. It knows how to say please and thank you. And you're welcome. It's courteous, it's polite, it's sensitive, It's even sensitive to the point of other people's feelings, taking them into consideration, understanding that someone else has feelings as well. And as we grow in God, and as we've been talking about moving to the next level, we should see more and more and more of this in our own lives in everything that we do. The reason we happen to, uh, the reason some things happens to us We may not even know, but it is to help someone else. Someone else will be helped along the way. But if you're unwilling to take into consideration the love that you were shown from God, if all you can think about is that this other person is not doing what's right, they're not doing what you would think is right, then that's where your focus is going to lie. And so it'll be easy to turn your back or turn a deaf ear to them trying to talk or needing someone to talk to. When we start to think of ourselves more highly than we should, it can cause us to be rude to others. When we start to think that we've got it all together, we can start to be rude to each other. But that's not love. That's not what Christ wants us to show. He wants us to show that brotherly love, one that that is long-patient and long-suffering, and one that is kind and not jealous. Love does not seek its own. It's not all about you. You don't have to walk around always with an attitude that um, I, I got to get mine.
1: Or, or like
0: I, I, have to, I have to you know make sure that everybody knows that I am who I am and all this kind of stuff. You don't have to walk around with that attitude because God's got you. God's got you. You can just relax, rest yourself, learn to be a servant. Jesus Christ didn't come to be served, but he came to be a servant. And in his life, he was the ultimate server. He came to serve others. And so we thank God that he came in the way that he did. He came that you might be served. He was already with the father, but he saw a need. He saw a need and he stood up. He took account for what needed to be done and he he stepped up. And he became that sacrifice that we so desperately needed. That's love. Love is what made the difference in that. Love made the difference because he loved. He first loved. He first loved us. Thank God we're trying to catch up. We're trying to catch up and show that love one to another, showing them the love of Christ in everything that you do. You are showing the love of Christ. You should be, you should want to, you should want to let people know that you are a representative of the most high God, that you serve him. Love is not provoked even. The Greek word means to sharpen, stimulate, rouse to anger. It describes as such, it is not touchy. Love does not have a hair trigger temper. Some people make everyone around them sit on edge like they got to walk on eggshells. They're so easily offended. One little thing that doesn't go their way, there goes the ball game, whole thing over. They even try to use that temper as to intimidate and to punish others. That's not showing the love of Christ. That's not drawing people to Christ, but it's pushing people away from Christ. And that's not what we, what we want to do. We want to cause people to want to come to Christ in that we show love in that we we are patient with each other in that we're kind hearted toward each other. Love truly makes the difference. Love will, will make you pray, will make you sit up and pray. Love will make you give. Love will put you, push you to the point of going out of your way because you love, because you have the love of Christ on the inside of you. And that's where we want to get. That's the point we want to get to at all times, that we remember that. And again, I say it's not because of the goodness in you, but it's because of the love that Christ Jesus has shown you. And we have to stay mindful of that. We have to remember that Christ first showed love. And so we're walking, we're imitators of him. Love does not take account of a wrong endured. The word account is used of God, not imputing our guilt to us, but instead imputing the righteousness of Christ to our account. Love doesn't keep a tally of wrongs and bear a grudge until everyone is paid for. No, it doesn't. It doesn't try to gain the upper hand by reminding the other person of past wrong. But what does love do? Love forgives. And so we look at that. So love does not take account of a wrong endured. So somebody did you wrong. How long are you going to hold that against them? How long are you going to hold that in your heart? How long are you going to keep up with every time someone has done you wrong and then go around expecting to, to get payback for that? Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't take into account every time something happened. And then when you come to that person, oh, I remember when you did this, or I remember when you did that. Thank God he doesn't do us that way. Thank God he doesn't keep reminding us of all the sins that we have committed. Thank God that he looks past all that and he sees our heart truly wanting to do better, truly wanting to move to that next level, truly wanting to love like he has shown us how to love. Therein lies the forgiveness forgiving others as we would have Christ forgive us. And so in turn, we love the way Christ loves us. And we give the way Christ gives to us. We do those things with him in mind. And we do those things because we've allowed him to come on the inside of our heart and live there. Not just visit there, but live there. And you can always tell someone who has Christ visiting. Because they're kind sometimes, they're patient sometimes, they love sometimes, but with a person that is has Christ living on the inside of them and not saying that they don't do wrong, not saying that they don't sin, but you will see them strive even the harder to love like Christ, to be patient like Christ, to be long suffering like Christ. To try to walk in the steps of Christ when it comes to loving and forgiving one another. Which brings us to our final scripture, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved, this is what love will move you to do. God so loved and in a dearly passionate way, God loved, greatly loved and dearly prized this world that he even gave his one and only begotten Son. Why? So that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Love truly makes the difference. God was so moved and so loved and so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. And we read that scripture over and over again and we know it by heart and we can say it and we John three sixteen, we got it all down. But when you really stop and break it down, how much God love. I heard someone say before that God grew the tree that they hung Jesus on. I don't understand that kind of love. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so appreciative of it. I don't understand it. God gave. He gave to the point that he grew the tree that they would hang his only begotten son on. Just because I believe, he has put even the desire in me, even the more to believe and to trust that he is my savior. And for that, I won't perish, but I'll have everlasting life, eternal life. I'll get to be with him forever and ever and ever. It said that he didn't even send his son to condemn this world. Even in its sinful state, God showed his love. So he didn't even send his son to condemn this world. He sent his son and the son came that the world might not be lost, but that it would be saved through him. And it was all because of love. It started with love. God loving this world. Before we showed love back to him, he loved us. We got beside ourselves and started to think that, oh, we got this, we got this. And then when we fall flat on our face, God picks us up. Why? Because he loves us. It's our reasonable service to show love, to show love one to another to show love to this dying world because whether they know it or not, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for love. That's what they're looking for. And sadly enough, they're looking in all the wrong places. But we know today, we know where it lies. We know what the answer is for this world. No matter what we're going through, we know that at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer for this world. His love is is what has kept us. His love is what keeps on keeping us. And we thank God for him on today. Who wouldn't serve a God like that when love makes the difference? Amen. Amen. I pray, God, that you are blessed. I pray that you leave better than the way you came. Amen and amen.